Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. I am your host, James Orr, and this is another episode of the Serving Real Estate Investors.com podcast, website, Substack, webinar series, whatever we're doing here. And uh, today I want to tell you a quick story. So uh, I'm standing in line uh, at McDonald's, about to order myself a cheeseburger for lunch. And uh, the guy next to me, also standing in line with me, turns to me and says, hey, hey, buddy, uh, I've got a question for you. Hey, uh, how much money do you have? I mean, like in my wallet or what are you talking about? He's like, no, no, like what's your net worth? Like how much money do you have? You know, how many rental properties do you own? And, and how much money do you have invested in stocks? And I turned to the guy and I'm like, uh, how is this any of your business? And so that didn't really happen. But when I go to real estate investor meetings or somebody reaches out via email or calls me on the phone, for some reason, people seem to think it's okay to ask how many rental properties are in your portfolio, which in my mind comes across as how much money do you have? You know, how rich are you? <laughs> like, like how, how well off are you doing? You know, like how much money do you have? So what I wanted to address today is this common question you are likely to be asked uh, why I think it's probably inappropriate and what they're really asking for and how weird of a question it really is. Um, so I'm just going to start I don't know, kind of going off on a little tangent here um, and talk about this, this kind of common phenomenon for some reason that it comes up all the time. And I'll tell you what my policy is and kind of how I address it. Um, and I, I will tell you up front, in a lot of my real estate investing classes, I will mention actual deals I've done. Um, I probably at some point or another have mentioned the number of properties I own at a particular time. Uh, I've definitely mentioned, you know, the fact that I've had a bankruptcy and a foreclosure. Uh, definitely have mentioned that I am, you know, retired at this point and I've got money coming in from assets that I don't need to worry about. But I, what's so weird about this is like, like the, the acquisition, how you acquired the properties, what you had to go through, um, how you own them the question that was asked and how you answer it, all of these things matter. Uh, like, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. First, let's talk about like, what is ownership? So if you went to, I, don't, I probably should have looked this up before the call, but I, I, I assume Grant Cardone, if you guys don't know who he is, he's a pretty famous public figure in the you know salesmanship and now real estate investing space. He published a bunch of books. Um, and he's he's runs a, basically a investment fund or, does investment partnerships of some type. I don't know exactly. I'm just, you know, sort of spitball. But the, uh, the, the idea is that if you ask Greg Cardone how many properties he owns, and let's say for, for you know, the sake of assumption here, let's say he owns, you know, 10,000 units, or I don't know, let's say he owns 1,000 units. It doesn't really matter. So let's say he owns 1,000 units. But does he really own 1,000 units? You know, if he is the person who syndicates the deals in order to buy a thousand doors, you know, kind of unit apartments. Um, does he actually own those or does he own whatever it is? I don't even know the numbers, 10% of the whole deal. Um, and does he actually even own 10% of the whole deal? And I would, I would argue that if he had to stand in front of a judge and they were trying to determine what his assets were, because let's say he was being sued as an example. And the judge said to him, uh, Mr. Cardone, 
how many rental properties do you own? And he might say, I own none. Wait a minute. I, I thought you owned whatever it is, a thousand units or 10,000 units or whatever it is here. Uh, and the, and he, and, and, uh, the judge would be like, so how many, how many do you own? And Grant would say, I own zero. What do you mean? Well, I don't, I own shares or membership interests in this LLC or shares in a corporation. The, the actual corporation owns the rental property. And I happen to have, you know, whatever it is, 10% ownership stake in the LLC that happens to own these units or whatever it is. Right. But the idea is he doesn't technically own the properties. You know, when we talk about asset protection, the reason why we do asset protection, the reason why we buy properties inside of LLCs or, uh, you know, companies or whatever it is, is because the LLC actually owns the property. Uh, the LLC owns the business. I happen to be an owner in the LLC or a member in the LLC. It's probably more correct. Or an owner of the company, a shareholder in the company. But, the, but who actually owns the property? Not me. So when someone says to me, hey, James, how many properties are in your portfolio? Well, if I have all my properties in LLCs, I don't own any properties. You know, I don't have any properties in my portfolio. I have LLCs in my portfolio and they own properties, as an example. So ownership is strange. And then, you know, for Grant's case, so if, if Grant has, I'm just going to make up numbers. I really don't know what his numbers are. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to slander him. I just happen to pick him as a public figure. I, I could have picked any guy. Um, but because, you know, there's nothing wrong with Grant. I'm just using this as an example. So if, if Grant has 1,000 units owned in an LLC and he owns 10% of those units, should he tell people that he owns 100 units, 10% of 1,000? Because his ownership share is 10% of the 1,000 units that he owns. So should he tell people he owns 100 units? Or when he advertises on his website, should he say, um, I own 1,000 units? Does he really own 1,000 units? No, he owns 10% of 1,000 units. I'll give you another extreme example. Let's say you go and you buy a single share of a real estate investment trust, a publicly traded real estate investment trust. And that real estate investment trust happens to rent, invest in, let's call it apartment buildings. And they have you know 10,000 units across the country that the entire real estate investment trust owns. If I own a single share, can I validly say that I own 10,000 units? Well, I mean, at what, at what point does the percentage ownership allow me to say that I own 10,000 units? Do I have to own 100% in order to say I have 10,000 units? You know, can I own 50% or you kind of use the Grant Cardone example? If he owns 10% of the 1,000 units, can he say that he owns 1,000 units? So like, what is that ownership? And if, if somebody is asking this question sort of like, which I think this is what's really going on, they, they think, hey, I'm trying to, first of all, there are some people that are really literally asking you, how much money do you have? So you got to realize that that is coming there. And if you don't know somebody, how do you know like what they're asking, right? How do you know their intent? You can ask them and have conversations and then determine whether you're going to answer, but even by asking them, so like, what are you trying to ask? Are you trying to ask me how much money I have? Or are you trying to ask to see if, you know, I have credibility in order to be able to be giving you advice or, you know, uh, am I a person that you want to follow? Or are you going to ask me to be your mentor? Like, you know, what, what's the reason for asking this sort of thing and, you know, kind of asking them about, um, you know, why are you asking? And of course, if you say, you know, are you asking me because you want to know how much I have? Or are you asking me because, you know, I want you want to be your mentor. I want to find for credibility. They'll be like, oh, it's the credibility one. So you can't really ever really get an answer to like why they're asking that. Right. So, oh man, I forgot what I was doing. Oh, I know. I know what I was doing. So, uh, you know, when do you own it? So for credibility reasons, you know, if I just, if 
I owned whatever it is, a hundred units, if I owned a hundred doors and I just liquidated my entire portfolio and I took that money and I bought an annuity or I bought, uh, you know, I invested in stocks or bonds or whatever it is. And I converted my, you know, my very aggressive, very highly leveraged real estate portfolio to a much less risky annuity strategy or, um, you know, a stock market and bond strategy where it's mostly bonds is just an example, because now I'm financially independent and I want to change how my income is coming in, you know, and I had all this experience acquiring these hundred units over the last 10 years. And maybe I had to do it twice because I had a bankruptcy and a foreclosure. And so I like got up to hundred units and then I liquidated everything and I converted everything to bonds is, is the fact that I no longer own properties, a credibility factor. I think for some people it might, some people that might actually be an issue, right? What if you don't own any properties, but you've helped 200 people buy rental properties? Does that mean that you are not credible? Well, what are, what are you credible for? Are you credible for helping people acquire properties? You know, the fact that you don't own any rental properties, does that matter? Might, might for some people, but you know, like the, the coach that a professional athlete might hire, there's the skill of coaching. And then there's the skill of performing at a high level to be competitive as a professional athlete. You know, can, and I don't know who this is. I, I, so I'm not actually going to name a name. I was going to name some famous athletes name, but I won't. Imagine a famous golfer or a famous basketball player, their coach, can their coach right now go and play professional, whatever it is, golf or basketball or whatever it is. Maybe or maybe not, but probably not. But they may have extremely good, very finely honed skill at coaching somebody who is trying to do that. The skill of actually doing the thing and the skill of teaching or coaching the thing are different skills. Okay. So you, you could go find somebody who owns, you know, a thousand units and ask them to be your mentor, but maybe they acquired their thousand units by inheriting $10 million and hiring a company that goes out there and does acquisitions and just bought them the property. Is that somebody who you want to be your mentor? And maybe with the, whatever it is, 10,000 units or a thousand, I don't forget what number I use. There's some very large number of units. Maybe they have professional property managers that do all their management. Is that someone you want to go to in order to get advice about how to do property management? Probably not. They're not even doing the property management. And, and, and furthermore, if somebody is looking to get a coach or a mentor on how to go buy a hundred plus unit apartment buildings, do you go find a coach who has 10, 20, 30, 50 single family homes. No, especially if they acquire them creatively. I mean, like you, you realize that this, the skill of actually owning the property is a different skill than somebody who is looking to be able to teach and educate and broker and, and get loans for and do tax returns for. So realize that you need to kind of getting back to the Surrey real estate investors, you need to learn how to address the credibility issue, but not necessarily in the way that some people think that they're doing. They may think I want to get somebody who has a whole bunch of units or whatever, when in fact, that's not really what they want. They think that that's what they want, but it may not be. Okay. So when it was owned, I, I think I talked about liquidating my portfolio and the fact that I you know, took the last 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or whatever it was in order to acquire this 100 property portfolio, if I just sold it the day before, am I now no longer qualified to do it? So if someone said to me, how many properties are in your portfolio right now? And I say to them, zero, 
does that instantly disqualify me as being someone who's credible? Something to think about. What if I am buying and selling properties? What if over the last 20 years, I've acquired on average 10 properties a year, but now I've, um, you know, kind of got rid of, you know, nine properties a year or whatever it is. So it looks like I've only got eight properties in my portfolio, but you know, maybe I bought and sold a hundred, 200. So like you gotta, and, and without going into detail, being like, okay, so someone says, how many properties are in your portfolio right now? And you say to them, well, how long do you have? Because I need to give you all the background to understand all the context that I only have three in my portfolio right now. Three? You only have three properties in your portfolio? Well, I, I automatically disqualify you. You know, you're not credible to me. You're not a source of reliable information. Oh, by, by the way, did I mention that one of the properties I have in my portfolio is 300 units? Oh, well, well, that changes everything. Now you've got, you know, 300 units plus two other single family homes. So you're obviously credible. Doesn't mean anything. I mean, again, you know, somebody who, you know, got in a accident and got a settlement for $50 million and took all that money and bought, you know, free and clear real estate is very different than the person who, you know, went and saved up through a job and actually earned enough money to put 20% down to buy rental properties or 25% down to buy rental properties or saved up bought free and clear rental properties or did the nomad strategy. There's lots of variation. And so to take the, th the 30 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour or whatever it is to give them all the detail they need about your life story and how it works, it's hard. It's very, very difficult. Okay. So if I go and I tell somebody, hey, look, you know, they're like, hey, how many properties are in your portfolio? I have three. Oh, but, but two of them are, you know, 100 plus unit apartment buildings. But one of them I only own 5% of. And, and the other one I own 95% of. It's weird, right? Like, how do you justify all this? You know, do I own them solo? Now I tell somebody I've got 10 properties in my portfolio, but I own all of them. Or maybe my LLC owns all of them. Or maybe it's really just me, like personally own it. Or maybe I own them with partners. Or maybe they're all in my wife's name so that as a public figure, I don't have my name out there in public record. Or maybe they're in a trust. Or maybe they're family owned, right? They're like, they're like a family investment business. So, you know, are they, are they all solo? Are they partnerships? Are they with other members of LLCs? Did you go put like five people together and you bought like 100 units? Did you take your individual single family homes stick all of them into one massive LLC with sub LLCs underneath it for asset protection, planning purposes, maybe. And then you kind of sell interest in the LLC. You take the money from the LLC that when you're selling shares and you use that to buy more properties with. You kind of like create your own real estate investment trust. I don't know, maybe you do that. Or maybe you have these in the corporation. There's some, probably some tax issues. You can talk to your CPA, learn about why it, may not be the best thing to buy rental properties in the corporation, but some people do. You know, and then here's the other thing. Are they free and clear? Or are they highly leveraged? I've got five properties in my portfolio, but I own them free and clear. And one of them is an eight unit. Or I've got 10 properties or I got, I got 20 properties in my portfolio, but they're all 20 are creative financing, 100% financing um, type of deals with essentially no cash flow, you know, $50 a month, let's call it $100 a month, $100 a month in cash flow, but I have 20 of them. 
you know, what's 20 times a hundred dollars a month? If I'm not mistaken, that's two grand a month. Well, two grand a month coming in from 20 properties. Right now, that's not super impressive. You know, you know, maybe I had to spend, you know, $5,000 in marketing in order to acquire each one, but I took over loans subject to. Now I got 20. And they each cash flow 100 bucks. Different, different kind of skills in that, right? Then somebody who has, you know, five rental properties, but they're all free and clear. They have no mortgages on them. And they each make, uh, you know, $1,500 a month in positive cash flow, net of all expenses, vacancy, taxes, insurance, maintenance, property management, all that stuff. And you've got five of them at $1,500 a month. So that's $7,500 a month, free and clear, rental property income, and a ton of equity. Let's, let's say they're $400,000 properties. So you have 10 of them. I'm sorry, we have five of them. Uh, five times 400,000 is uh, $2 million, if my math is right. So you've got $2 million of free and clear equity in your properties and about $7,500 a month in free and clear passive income. Very different. But I told you I have five rental properties versus 20. Is the person who has 20 better or worse or different? Is the person who has five better or worse or different? You know, so legit, I'm going to say this like legitimately for me. This is a true statement for me specifically. If you had asked me two months ago, I would have owned a hundred more doors than today because I got out of an investment that was invested in a very large apartment building two months ago. But what does that mean, right? Like if you asked me in January how many units I have, it's a very different number or properties because that's one property, right? Or, or it may have even been like multiple buildings. So how do you count that, right? How do you do all that? How does that work? So, you know, what are they really asking? And I'm not encouraging you to even engage in this sort of conversation. Like if, if I'm in McDonald's and someone turns to me and they say to me, how often are you having sex with your wife? Like, that's, that's a very personal question. I'm, I'm going to choose not to answer that. How much money do you have in the bank account right now? It seems like a very personal question. Not sure I'm going to answer that to somebody at McDonald's. You meet someone for the first time at an investor meeting and they turn to you and say, how many rental properties do you have? Not sure I'm going to answer that. You know, our policy, when I ran my investor group, our policy was do not ask people how much money they have. Do not ask people how many properties they have in their portfolio. I, you know, I heard a saying, I'm not sure where it's from. Comparison is the thief of joy, I think is the, is the saying, right? Why are they wanting to know? What, like, are they trying to compare themselves to me? It could be a very different situation. Okay. So I usually do not answer those questions for a number of reasons. You know, I suspect, I've not asked my attorney, but I suspect my attorney might tell me, you know, for asset protection reasons, you probably shouldn't tell people how many rental properties you have. You know? And I, I mean, yeah, I, I could go off on tangents on this. The idea is people may be asking for the sake of credibility. But really what I think they're deep down asking for is how much money do you have? And so I think you should initiate a policy. If you're going to form an investor group, form a culture where that question is discouraged. I think you need to establish credibility in other ways. You can't just not address whether you're qualified to help somebody. 
but it's the same credibility you issue you have, whether you're a real estate agent or a lender or an accountant. Are you qualified to do my work? Testimonials, you know, you know, having someone listen to you speak for an hour or two and being able to pass on legitimate knowledge, I think that that demonstrates credibility. Writing books, documenting your processes, having really good processes, these are all other ways to establish credibility. And if you listen to my real estate investing classes, you will definitely hear me discuss my own personal portfolio, deals that I am involved with, deals that I have, but these things change over time and it can be very misleading. You know, I could go buy a single share in a REIT right now and say I own, you know, whatever it is, 10,000 units. And Grant Cardone or whoever the equivalent is, right, could go and say I own whatever it is, 5,000 units, 10,000 units, 50,000 units, 100,000 units, 500, a million units, doesn't really matter, right? And he could say I own that number of units when technically he probably doesn't personally own that number of units, probably some LLC, and he owns the LLC, which is kind of splitting hairs in a lot of ways, right? But and he may not own 100% of them all. He may own whatever his share is between, you know, the, the, the fees that he gets, the ownership interest he gets by putting together the deals, which a lot of times that's how syndicators you know, make some of their money. You know, they take 10% of the deal for putting it together, or 15% or 50% or whatever the number is. And also any money he invested on his own, which a lot of times, you know, they've got their own money invested in some of their early deals, but later on they tend not to do it because they've got their money tied up. I, it, it all varies, right? There's lots of variation in this. And I'm not talking, I have no specific knowledge of Grant or anything else. You know, I'm not, not saying anything specific about him. I'm just using him as a gen general example. Okay. So that being said, I thought I would share with you how many properties are in my portfolio right now? That is my very long-winded answer to tell you that, yes, I own rental properties. And no, I'm not going to tell you the number right now. Um, and not all of my money is in rental properties. I am diversified. So it is not all rental properties. And yes, I am selling some of my rental properties right now. Um, sold some very recently. And I will, I sold a couple different ways. I sold some recently. And I am planning on selling at least one more rental property, one more single family home. So there you go. That's all I got to say. Hope you enjoyed this. Oh, a little bit different flavor of a class today. But uh, this has been James Orr. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye for now.